If you build it, they won't come. So what makes having a show the most successful way to market your business? That's what we're teaching you today, right here, right now, on Air Brands. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the On Air Brand Show. I am Todd Genitasio, along with my co-host, Amber Furman. Amber, what's going on? What's going on, man? It's good to see you. You know, we're talking about how to successfully market your business, and there's nothing like being full screen on the monitor here with the bright light in my face to remind me about these bags under my eyes that have developed. <laughs> and I promise you, I have not searched anything for this, but every time I open Instagram, I'm seeing ads now with like middle-aged men with these like eye roller things. These yeah. guys are, you know, it's very, I'm just, I'm that predictable, I guess is is what it is. Yeah, we'll we'll use that instead of um, starting some <laughs> conspiracy theory about who's listening to you, how, when, and where. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, inside you your know, thoughts, exactly. But you know what does make it successful uh, in terms of what they're doing is that they're reaching someone who has a specific problem with the right message at the right time. You know, and that's what what all good successful marketing is is the right message at the right time for the right person, right? And and the way that I define right and what we've seen highest performance in is things that are timely, relevant, and practical. And when you have a show for your business, it gives you the opportunity to consistently put out content and messaging so that you can speak to people at all different phases of their customer journey so that you're getting the right message to the right people at the right time. Yeah, that's super important. And also, I think that understanding that not every single message is going to be a home run mm -hmm. and that we aren't able to predict or assume where our customers are. Like we have this idea of where they think they are, but this is why it's so extremely important to be authentic with what we do, what problems we solve and who we can help. Because the moment that we start trying to fit our product into somebody else's problem when it's not actually there. I mean, we're going to get into the idea of what comes first, the product or the problem in just a mm -hmm. little bit, but mm -hmm. there's a natural connection there. When we start trying to fit our product into a problem it doesn't actually solve, then we lose everybody. So it's all about that authentic human down to earth nature as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, when, when businesses reach the level of needing to to transition up from being able to speak individually one-on-one -on -one in their sales. Like they're not really doing marketing at scale where there's mass communication, so to speak. Even when you niche down, it's still, you know, you're one to many communicating. And that's what a show does. But once you get to the point where, yes, in a live conversation with someone, you can feel them out, ask questions, and then you can obviously have a conversation that's very pertinent to them and how they're talking about themselves. But when you switch to this one to many communication, which is really marketing and what you're able to do with a show, that's when you need to understand, like, how do we speak about things that attract the right people, but don't turn them off because they're not at the right point in their journey, right? Like you shared a, a, a <laughs> right before we came on that eight years oh, no. ago, eight years ago, you, you were reminded via via a Facebook memory that you were debating whether or not you should get an iPhone 
which you just purchased now, eight years later. Yes. And it took, <laughs> so this is like really important to notice though, because it took the, the, okay, this might be better. This might not be better. Like this is what I'm used to. My entire family uses Android. So I would be the black sheep, but do I want to learn something new? And then clubhouse came out and it was that pain of, I'm going to miss out on a great opportunity if I don't do this. And so it's, you know, we sometimes talk about all the great things about our products, which we should, but we forget that people buy when they're trying to get rid of a pain. They're trying yeah. to solve a problem. And so being able to say like, look, this is this is the pain that we solve. You can't go to that place unless you're willing to talk about that pain, which requires some serious vulnerability. Yeah, a lot of things that I see people do when it comes to sales and marketing messages is that they, they look for these tactics that increase conversions, right? How do I get more sales? And then the answer to that is like, well, you, if you put a timer a ticking timer on your sales page, right? Or don't please don't do, do those that. Things. But <laughs> here's the thing: all those kind of tactics push people over the fence. Yeah. But if they're not on the fence in the first place, those things are useless. Yeah, 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 yeah. So story time. I um, was <laughs> at a conference, and I've, I'm working on a book. Um, I use working on a book liberally. I've been working on the same book, on the same chapter <laughs> of the same book for the last year. Um, but I'm working well, on this faster book. faster than and, your iPhone decision, I guess. Yes, it is. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, and I went to this conference, and this guy was... Um, he was offering this workshop on book writing and he was selling this idea that if you come to the conference, you leave with a book like 72 hours and it's this hardcore boot camp on book writing. And so he tells me all of this and then he sits down, opens his laptop and it's like a bomb timer. And he's like, you have until this goes <laughs> down to make a decision. And it was like 14 minutes and like 57 seconds. Wow. And I'm like, and, and, and here's the thing. I would love to tell you that it turned me off and it did, but it also like that idea of what am I missing so much? I was on the phone with people that I could bounce ideas off of. And then I didn't have a decision made by that 15 minutes and I was smart enough to walk away. Yeah. But like that timer, you're right. It's either going to push people over the fence, but they have to be there. If you right. launch it too soon, you just look like um, right. one of those terms that we were using in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, you just look like one of those Johns and you don't want to be yeah. one of those Johns, you know. For so, more slang tips, subscribe to the Podmax podcast where yes. Eric, Eric and Josh break down all the hippest slang from off the chain to on fleek. <laughs> yes, we created the word podmaxing today. So yep. you can go back and learn what that was all about. All right, guys. So the last few episodes, we've been talking about language. We've been talking mm -hmm. about what language to use, how to effectively communicate, how to build rapport. And now we're going to dig into Todd's wheelhouse of how do you really market? How does the show create this great marketing machine for you? And why does it work? So I'm personally, I'm super excited <laughs> to hear what you have to say, Todd. I think that like every time you talk about marketing, I learned something. <laughs> So, you know, there's three main reasons why this stuff is so important when we talk about using a show as your main marketing engine for your business. And the first thing is to understand, like, everything should always go back to the customer, their the customer journey, the customer experience, so that we match things properly, right? Like we just said, like, if you put a ticking time bomb in front of someone who never even heard you heard of you before, they don't really care. They're like, uh, I don't care. There's 15 minutes left. I don't even know who you are, right? So making sure that you understand the customer journey. And so 
when most people, like we said, when they transition into this one to many, they are trying to sell too quickly. And I live by this motto of never sell to strangers, right? Like I like to reach and engage with people, have them consuming and engaging with our messages. And then they're educated. So now we can have, they can have an educated buying decision and we can diagnose their problems together and come up with a solution to see if it makes sense. And a lot of people, everybody wants, you know, the easy button, the microwave, you know, ready in 10 seconds type of thing. Like I want, I want to, you know, we want to sign the contract, have you start marketing by the end of the day today. And we want our customers coming in tomorrow. And it just doesn't work that way. You have to play out the game on the customer's journey. And the reason for that is, you know, take these numbers with a grain of salt, but they're all directionally accurate where it takes, you know, 20 plus impressions of a message for someone to start paying attention, right? Like we see like a zillion ads a day, and it takes a lot of impressions just to get someone to notice in the first place. And another stat that's important is that of all your sales, 80% of your sales are going to be 90 days after someone first engages with your brand. And most people buy four to 18 months after they've initially interacted with a brand. And so once you understand that, you stop trying to push people to buy right away, which is uh, has the, the opposite effect because it's too early. And now you're actually, by trying to sell, you're losing sales. But when you plant these seeds, when you put down the breadcrumbs for someone to go through 90 days of educational content, of empowering content, of positioning content, of engagement content, when they are ready to buy, you are in the best position in the world to be the person they buy from. and. Yeah. When you have a show, it gives you an easy way to be putting out stuff politely, persistently, and uh, in, and value-based on a regular basis. So people every week are seeing the stuff that you do, right? So it gives you that consistent, persistent top-of-mindedness in a way that's valuable and not salesy, right? So- yeah. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, what you said is so true. It's a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to be in it for the long haul with your clients. But if you're trying to follow up with them one-on-one, -on -one, you look at your calendar and you're like, I am one person. Right. And like, when am I going to eat? And when am I going to sleep? And when am I going to fulfill all these things that I've now sold, and right? Instagram starts showing you ads for the bags. Yes. The yes. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just figured out the problem. Um, so when you have a show, you create this opportunity. I mean, you posted something on your Facebook the other day, might've been yesterday about email lists. Like how much do you yeah. send out to your email yeah. list? And I like kid, right? Yep. Like um, what email list? And the right. reality is like when you have that all set up and you're posting mm -hmm. content on continual basis, you are by nature doing that follow-up and nurturing that relationship. It doesn't have to be one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, but there's exactly. something that you said that I wanted to hit on really quickly because I think that it was super powerful. And it was the idea of never selling to a stranger. When you build this um, rapport, when you when you have this follow-up strategy through the content that you create and you can say, hey, look, you just mentioned on your Facebook this problem, check out this episode. All of a sudden, your product isn't a you versus them situation. It's a you and them against their problem situation, which oh, changes like the game. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the other thing, and we'll, we'll get into some more details on all this stuff, um, but you know, uh, the other two things are one, it, when you have a show and you're, you're creating this digital content, it gives you assets for your business, right? So 
if you're answering questions, solving problems, educating your audience, being positioned as an expert every week when you're putting out a, an episode, those things live forever. So when you put them onto your website, right? Like if you just simply embed the audio onto a blog post, not even anything crazy detailed, but now you have this resource library that you can use that number one, if you do the right work, you optimize them for search. So now people searching Google with the question, find your content that you answered. And now you're really leveraging the power of the internet to attract people and increase your visibility. But two, it even gives you a tool to speed up your own work because I get clients and prospects ask me questions via email and then I'm able to quickly respond and I don't have to take 20 minutes to answer their question. I can respond and say, hey, we did a great episode about this. Here's the link, check it out. And then they, and then they're like, wow, you really have everything, you know, like, you know, it creates this weird thing. I was telling you, uh, one of my clients last week, this same story happened. And he's like, man, he's like, you have so much content. And I'm like, honestly, I really feel like I don't have any, like I have so much more that I want to be putting out. But he's like, dude, every time I ask you a question or need help with something, you already have the answer somewhere documented. And that's the power of creating these assets for your business. One, to save you your own time, but two, to increase your organic visibility. So people start searching on Google, they're going to start finding stuff that you created. It could be even years ago, you know? Yeah. So let's bust a myth right here for just a minute. So that person reaches out to you and they say, um, you know, I, I have this question, I have this problem. What's mm -hmm. the solution? And you don't actually have the video. Do you have to have the product before you address the solution? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's, it's another great reason about building an audience. So the, the two assets that I always tell everybody they need to be building for their business are one, content assets for the reasons I just described, and number two, your audience as an asset for your business. And here's what's interesting. If you have an email list or a podcast audience or a Facebook, you know, a Facebook network that you've built up or Instagram network, LinkedIn network, whatever it is, if you have direct distribution to an audience that you have a relationship with, when someone asks you to solve a problem or how to solve a problem, you can answer that person one-on-one -on -one and say, here's what you do, or you can leverage this opportunity and your audience asset and turn it into a revenue generating opportunity for your business by adding value to the audience. Because I get a question from someone that says, our website is really not generating a lot of business for us. It just basically sits there. What should we do? So I have at my disposal, thousands of people subscribe to my emails. So I pop open Active Campaign, which is my email marketing tool of choice. And I send out an email that says, hey, next week, I'm gonna be doing a training. Here's the, here's the problem I see a lot of people having. And I describe exactly what the other person already asked me. And I say, so next Thursday, we're gonna be tackling these things. Let me know if you'd be interested in. And then a dozen people reply back and say, yes, I have the same problem. Because here's the secret about niching down. When one person asks a question, there's a lot more people that have the same question. And now, I've actually created something or I've, I've, I've validated an idea and interest before I've spent any time actually creating something because I could have spent, you know, a week creating some kind of training and then nobody would be interested in it. But instead I use this question to then test out, feel out my audience. And then now I'm going to create content based on the original question, which I then validated. Now it turns into content that I'm using to engage my audience there. And then I can actually turn into a product that generates revenue for my business.
Yeah, it's the big difference between creating a product and then trying to find the problem mm -hmm. and finding the problem and creating the solution. And if you find the problem and create a solution, it works better every single time. I remember when I started my podcast, I remember telling the person that I was working with, I just feel so out of place because I don't actually know what I sell yet. Mm. And he says, then you're doing it right. Because yeah. <laughs> if you start a podcast to sell a product, you've lost the game. Yeah. If you start a podcast to connect with people, to find your audience, to build, you know, to, to share your knowledge for all of yeah. these other reasons, then your audience finds you, right? Yeah. Um, going back again to that wonderful meme, you know, you're, you're Jeff Bloom with the, with the um, light with the stick, yeah, 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 with the flare. They come to you when you create this content. And we talked about it on a former episode. I don't remember which episode it was. Um, where we talked about giving them permission to have the problem that you solve. So yeah. all of a sudden now you're talking about these problems that maybe they haven't even consciously yeah. discussed. And because you're creating content, they're like, oh crap, that's what's going on. But right. if you were to have asked them what's the problem, they couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, and or they just lived in the status quo where they just accepted that as a way of life and they didn't realize what was possible. And you know, that was part of, I, I don't know what episode that was off the top of my head, but that's where we talked about like the four minute mile, right? And once it became, once someone broke that four minute mile, everybody started doing it all the time. It became a regular occurrence because it showed the rest of the running world what was possible. And so once you, and, and that's another thing about content, showing people what's possible. You know, if you're listening to this episode and you didn't realize it was possible to take a question from someone and then turn that into a piece of content, which then turns into a product, I just showed you what's possible. And if you're interested in learning more about that, shoot, hit me up and I'll teach you. But <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's another really interesting side to this as well. And that's the fact that, you know, too many people fall into a trap of thinking that their marketing material always has to be about their product or service. Yeah. And podcasting, really be about that. Yeah. right. Podcasting gives you the ability to let people know who you are just through conversation, which is something that we've talked about being extremely important as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the before we dive into that because i have that on my list here to get into the other so the first thing we talked about the stats and the stats on how many times you have to reach someone and how long the timeline is so the power of having a show is you get to be in front of someone on a regular basis throughout that 18 month period from when they first interact with you to when they will eventually become a customer rather than touching them once and letting them drop off. That's a lot of wasted effort on your part when you can be consistent in this leveraged way. We talked about creating the content assets that help you increase your visibility. And it also gives you the asset that you can share. So it cuts down on your time in the future. Um, and now the third thing is I having a show, particularly if you do a video show like this, it's like the queen bee, right? It's the one It's the one thing at the top. It's the domino, the lead domino that knocks down everything else, makes everything else easier. So when you hop on the microphone, we do like a 15 minute pre-call meeting. And honestly, we do that because there's two of us. We just have to get on the same page. If you do it, if you're the solo host, you don't even really need that necessarily. Um, although you should plan out at least an outline. So let's give it 15 minutes, 30 minutes as a prep. And then you get on and you do 30 to 60 minutes as your show. And then you can be done then because now you can give that to your team to create dozens of other assets, right? Like turning it into, you know, 45 minutes becomes 10 different social media video clips and, uh, you know, a, a YouTube video and a blog post and a recap summary and an email in your automated sequence and an email to your broadcast list. Like, so it becomes that lead domino where you can spend 45 to an hour and a half per week 
and create an entire marketing ecosystem by yourself that you can now outsource and delegate either to your team or, uh, you know, to, to an agency, you know, Tresnik media, that's what we do on air brands. We help you produce the show. So if you need help with doing that stuff, we're, we're there for you along the way, but it gives you the, the ability to sit at the top of the pyramid, so to speak, own your business, own, be the face, be the voice, be the expert, and know that all the content, all the marketing material that goes out is all sourced from your mouth and that you don't, you know, it speeds up so much time when it comes to feedback and back and forth and edits and all those things. It's like, no, you already, you already said it, you did it live, it's done. And now we can turn it into all these different things. Yeah. So one of the things that has kind of been a theme through what we've been talking about this season has been the idea of intentionally working mm. on your business, intentionally having yeah. the conversations that you want to have. So let's talk about the organization side of this for just a minute before we move on. So mm -hmm. don't end up like me having 180 episodes and having to scroll back and be like, which one was it? And then 45 <laughs> minutes has gone by, right? Like, how do you, or even if it's not how you do it, how would you suggest mm -hmm. that people organize their episodes in a way that that marketing content is easily accessible when they need it? You know, it's a great question. And it's something that hit me about a week ago. And this isn't just about your marketing content, but it's, it's like a way of life is one of the biggest productivity hacks. I think that there is that no one ever talks about is naming conventions. How do you name the files on your computer so that you can easily search them and find them in six months when you're looking for it? So think about that. Like when you're naming your episodes, when you're naming the titles of your episodes and you're putting the descriptions in, be like you said, be intentional about that and think in six months when I need to find this, what are the phrases that I should search that I'm going to think to search for to find it? and be intentional with the way you name things. And that is going to go a long way in terms of being able to easily find those assets for people. And then and on your website, put a little search box and let people go to town themselves too. Oh, that's really interesting to have. Yeah. A, yeah to have a search box and just let people figure it out. Because yeah. once you post a piece of content that somebody believes is valuable, the next thing that they're going to want to do is search through the rest of your content to find yep. out what else you've posted that is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also key too. like on, you know, if you have a WordPress site, there's plugins for this kind of stuff, but putting like not just recent episodes, but putting quote unquote related episodes. Right. So like at the bottom, of, if you have, if you have a blog post published that has, you know, the audio clip, uh, the audio stream of the episode or video embedded. And then at the bottom, it can be, you know, you might also be interested in, and then it's like, you know, relevant things. So it could be based on how you're tagging. You know, if you use WordPress for your website, which is what we use and recommend, you can tag your posts with different keywords. So that helps you organize things that way too, e even for yourself. And when you just think like, when you do this for yourself intentionally, you're also optimizing it for everybody else who's searching the internet, right? So it's like, if you just keep in mind, like, all right, I'm going to need to find this in six months, what should I name it? Then that becomes way easier, obviously for you, but also for everybody else who's going to be looking for it. Yeah, there's also something else that just popped into my head that I think is really interesting, not even necessarily from a consumer standpoint, although it could be used that way. Mm -hmm. We don't remember, unless we like really consciously think about it, um, what happened a year ago, two years ago, three years <laughs> yeah. ago, what our pain points are, what we felt. And even if we do look back and think about that, we're remembering it the way that our mind now allows us to remember it, right? Yeah. So if 
you have this content and you're looking at what your customer journey is, many times our customer journey follows our journey. Mm -hmm. So if we can go back and say 10, 15 steps before where I am now, when I was podcasting about this three years ago, this is what I was talking about. So yeah. how do I revamp that up? into stuff I'm talking about now, make it relevant and address those pain points. Because it's just like back when you were in like, what, elementary school, even into high school, where you were told there was no stupid questions, and then yeah. inevitably somebody proves you wrong. Yeah. Um, but the reality is like, if you've had the question, no matter how stupid you think it is, somebody else has had it as well. And you can become the solution to that question. Yeah, yeah. It's like the more personal you get, the more people that you actually speak to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. so let's dig into how we or what we actually want to include in mm -hmm. the content that we're creating and what the purpose of it should be. So if we're talking about reaching out to the most amount of people possible, mm -hmm. what are we looking at with that? Yeah, so there, there's a couple of stages of the customer journey that we want to look at, right? The first stage being awareness and visibility, like are people finding your business and what are they what are they doing to find it? How are you getting found? The next thing is, are they engaging with you and are you communicating, educating them and empowering them and positioning yourself as an expert once they've, once they have found you. And then once they go through that stage, now you're in position to, how do you convert this person? How do you put the ticking time bomb on there that will get them to take action? Right. And so the first part is like, are people finding you? And we kind of talked about that. The two ways that we really look at, um, using content to get found and increase visibility are search engines and social media for amplification. And there's really the short term, there's the, there's the quick wins and long-term sustainability. So when you publish something on social media or send it out to your existing email list, that has an impact basically just today, right? And then we run Facebook and Instagram ads so that we can stay, keep the new content in front of an audience. And that's how you can reach new people with with paid advertising so that they're seeing your stuff and we also run paid advertising to our existing audience so that they're seeing the content we put out regularly that's the those are the quick wins to be able to publish and promote proactively then there's like the long-term passive compound growth of search engine optimization and so like i said you want to you want to pick keywords that people are actually searching for because if you if you create content and episodes that are titled without intention and you know, the, the difference is you use one phrase that no one search searches Google for, or you use another phrase that means the same thing. And that gets 10,000 searches a month. Well, now all of a sudden you can rank number one for a word that gets zero searches or 10,000 searches, which one would you rather have? So being intentional about that. So if, a quick tip, free, easy tool to do that is ubersuggest.org. You know, there's a, that'll give you like keyword volume. So when you start thinking about a topic, Plug in, plug in a phrase there and see what are the top phrases and descriptions that people use and then use that as a guide for how to optimize your titles and then in your show descriptions using that and putting your show onto a blog post on your website, not just living on Apple and, and Anchor and Spotify and all those other places because you want people finding your website. So publish your episode, promote it proactively, and then put it on your site and optimize it for the right phrases that people are searching for so that now you get those quick wins of people seeing it from your proactive promotion. And now over time, over years, you know, I published not episodes, but blog posts in 2012 that are still attracting people to my website for looking for website design help. Right. So it, as it, it creates this great 
vis uh, virtuous cycle of doing good things early that create momentum that that create compound growth over time. And that's why I call show ep that's why I sh that's why I call content an asset for your business because it gives you that compound growth over time. Yeah. So let's talk, uh, let's talk directly to the person that's saying, whoa, 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 Todd. Like I was told that if I want people to listen to my podcast, I got to have some catchy name. I got to get them to stop. <laughs> um, they got to stop scrolling through all the other stuff that they got to scroll on. And you're telling me now to be intentional and practical. Like, <laughs> what do we say to that person? Look, there's a, we have to meet customers where they're at with what they're thinking about. Right. We talk about that all the time in this show. And it's really answering the questions that they're thinking about. If you put out content that they're thinking about, that's the stuff they're looking for, right? And that's also what's cool about social media is that we, well, you just said, no one remembers anything from a month ago. And so you can re-promote the same content using different angles. And so that's another thing, you know, I don't know if we have the time to get into it today, but for every piece of content that we put out, uh, every long form, like if it's an episode, if it's a blog post, whatever, we actually will create like 10 to 15 different social media posts to promote it. And so our, our content asset on the website to rank for search is based on search terms and search volume. But then when we promote it, it's based on how do we hook attention and use different angles. And so we'll use, you know, to promote the same episode, we'll have a snippet that promotes data and statistics for people with the logical brain. We'll use a snippet with a story to hook in people who have that curiosity. We'll tell, you know, connect with them on a problem and solution to create some emotional connection, right? And we'll use those things. And then the other thing about creating shows as your content assets is that they're very conversational. Like we're just here talking about a topic. And so it lets us tell these stories about how you were gonna buy your iPhone eight years ago and it took you eight years to go get over that hump, right? Or how I had a client email me a question and so I turned that into an asset. And so we're, we're naturally having these things. We've, we make movie references and sports references and, and music references and all those kind of things. And those are the things that build rapport by showing off your personality. And that's the kind of stuff that really makes the connection with the audience. And so we have all those different little snippets from a 30 to 45 minute episode that can be used in your marketing. And so in one shot, that's that's like the power of having these shows is that you're so easily and naturally able to come up with all these different things that if you sit down with a marketing checklist, you're like, oh my God, this looks like miserable. But you don't realize that over a 45 minute coffee meeting, you're, you, you are talking about all those different things anyway. You're telling stories, you're telling them data and statistics about your, your industry. You know, you're giving them tips and advice. You're telling them mistakes to avoid. So all that stuff happens naturally over the course of a conversation. And that's the power of using a show to successfully market your business. Yeah, I love that so much. You know, we hear in the marketing world so much people don't buy what you do, they buy who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are a million people out there who do exactly what you do. So mm -hmm. how do you relate to them? And it's through yeah. exactly what you just said. Also, I think that if we're going back to this idea of I've put it out before, you know, it's our ego that gets involved. We're like, oh, I've said that before. That means everybody on the planet heard it, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that means everyone knows. And even and if- memorized that, it and remembered when you said yes, it. So the next time you say it, they're going to call you out and say, you know yes, what? And be like, 37 you know what? No. days ago at 2 p.m., you posted that on Instagram And you were wearing already. this shirt <laughs> and you had those glasses on, right? No, like, um, even if that were true, is it the right message? Is it the right time? Mm -hmm. Is it the right pain point? 
Right. You know, I remember hearing when I first started getting into the speaking world, I remember hearing somebody say, we need multiple messengers for the same message. Mm -hmm. And I remember that hit me really hard. And if that's true, then you also have to deliver your message in multiple different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we've said before on the show, like, you know, you, you, you never hear the same song twice because you're a different person. Every time you hear it, it's the same thing with the marketing messages or social media posts and everything. And like, you might see the same thing, but one day it just hits you harder than it does another day. Or just like that, you know, because you have a different con the, the, your audience has it, that audience member has a different context around them at the time. They've their, their life experience has changed. They've moved into this different area of the customer journey where now they're not just problem aware, but they're also now they have the now the timing is aligned for them to do it. Right. And so that's also why having a show where you're publishing content consistently, it holds you having the show keeps you accountable to publishing consistently. And it keeps you in front of people because there's like five different kind of milestones that you have to hit with someone. And they're all on like, if you look at a Gantt chart of a customer journey, there's like five different journeys going on. Like number one, they have to know, like, and trust you, right? So that's where on your shows, when you're, it shows your personality and it gets people to know, like, and trust you. You can demonstrate your expertise so they trust that you can deliver success for them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to buy what you have right now because they're not at that stage yet. So they have to know, like, and trust you as a person. They have to know, like, and trust your brand or product that you're putting out, right? Not just you as a person, but is what I'm going to buy from them actually going to help me be successful? They also have to trust and believe in themselves, to receive the value that you're putting out because there are definitely clients that we've had and not worked with because they said, this sounds great. You sound great. This program looks perfect, but I just don't believe in myself to, to use it successfully or for it to make a difference for me. And so being able to tell stories, customer success stories is another way for you to connect with your audience and show them this is what's possible for you. So getting them over that hump of believing in themselves as well. And that's why, you know, educating people on avoid these mistakes. Here are the misconceptions that you need to, uh, to, to, you know, understand the reality of have giving them paradigm shifts, gives them the confidence in themselves to take action. Right. And then of course, there's just the matter of timing. Like I might love, a sh you know, let's make up a, a fake show about, you know, uh, like homeowners. Right. And it's like how to, how to run a great household. And it's tips for parents with young kids to keep their house organized and clean and, and run a happy family. And I love this show. I love the hosts. I love the brand and they sell washing machines. Well, you only buy a washing machine, like knock on wood every like 15 years or whatever, <laughs> however long. Right. And so like, it doesn't matter how much I know, like, and trust them, their brand. Yes, I 100% would recommend this brand and company. When I need to buy a washing machine, I'm going to buy it from them. But I just bought one and I'm not going to need one for another 14 years. So making sure you're consistent, that's like, you know, the other thing about just lining up the timeline of the customer journey and them actually needing what you sell. Yeah, I, I agree with you and disagree with you just a little bit because the, the second part of that mm -hmm. is that their brother, sister, friend, you know, exactly. may need a washing machine tomorrow. Yep. So they may not need one today, Yep. but they may know somebody who does. And because you made them feel valued, you understood yeah. who they were. You shared movie quotes, you shared this, um, I, I, 
perfect, perfect point. I was in a Wendy's drive-thru and I had ordered something for myself and without even asking, they handed me a um, bowl and a bottle of water. And I said, what is this for? And they said, it's for your dog. Oh, wow. You like people who go that extra mile and, and people who know that dog owners are neurotic about their dogs, right? Yeah. You treat my dog well, you've got my business for life, right? Yeah. So people, when you know what is important to someone, and then you take a little step that costs you nothing or next to nothing, yeah. then everybody who needs a washing machine in that person's circle is going to end up getting a referral to you. And then it becomes your job to now make those people feel the same way that you made this other person feel. And you can only do that if you are real with those yeah. people, if yeah. you're a human. Yeah. And you know, you bring up a great point. And this is another way that having a show and publishing content is an asset for your business is that if I were some crazy loyal washing machine brand fanatic, right? Like I'm not necessarily going out and sharing the product page of the washing machine I bought every month for the next 10 years. But if I'm listening to a podcast episode, that's giving tips about running a, a, a good household, these content assets are another way for your loyal brand advocates to refer people into your world, even if it's not necessarily because they're buying the product or because they're specifically saying, go buy the product. But it gives yeah. it gives you more ways to expand your world through word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a perfect example of that. A friend of mine um, has a pool business and um, that pool business, he has one day a week. He does a customer of the week and it's mm. always a dog. <laughs> right. So it's, it's that person, like he carries dog treats with him everywhere that he goes yeah. and he posts a picture of a dog of, and people are engaging in his content, not related to pools, but related mm -hmm. to the dogs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we know from algorithms that the right. more people engage with your content, the more your content's going to show up for them. Mm -hmm. And Facebook or or Instagram or whoever's running that algorithm doesn't know, Hey, they weren't actually liking a post about you know, pools, they were liking a post about dogs. They're just like, right. they like their stuff. Right. Exactly. So let's show them more. Yeah. And you know, there's weird, uh, I wish I, the name is escaping me for this, but there is, uh, you know, there are these psychological ticks that people have that are dumb and counterintuitive or counterproductive, but we actually trust people just based on the frequency of mm -hmm. seeing them. So if we see someone's content all the time, we just are more likely to trust them for literally no reason other than just familiarity, right? And proximity is another reason, like when people are close to us. And when people have dogs, like that has nothing to do with why I would get a pool. But I love dogs. They post pictures about dogs. Like we have this weird connection. So now subconsciously, I'm seeing all their content about not just pools, but about dogs and dog lovers and dog life. And that makes this connection that makes me want to buy from them, even though it has nothing to do with the quality of their pool at all. Yeah. And then bringing that back into the podcasting world, this goes for your guest shows as well, right? You yeah. bring on guests that your ideal audience knows, likes, and trusts. Mm -hmm. And all of the sudden, for that same reason, you are seen as somebody who they also know, like, and trust. You get to borrow that credibility. So you have this immense power of being able to bring on guests that relate to your audience and have conversations that are valuable to them if you have a guest style show.
Yeah, yeah. And of course, being a guest on other shows and then re recasting that into your own content at stream is another great way because now someone else has given you, quote unquote, permission to use their platform, which is a signal to the audience and to other people that you pass through some kind of gatekeeper to be able to speak your mind. And so that makes you credible and qualified for another, you know, who knows if that's even true or not. But because you pass the gatekeeper, you now have that you hold that place in your audience's brain. Yeah, absolutely. Getting on shows is an incredibly valuable way to be able to get your message across to other people's audiences as well. And if you're sitting back there thinking, I don't know how to do that, it's a good thing that we know a um, Podmax guys that can help you with exactly. that. Exactly. So, yeah, the easiest way to get on more shows, podmax.co, because not only now do we have the Podmax event where you get on three shows in one day, but also the Podmax talent offering, which now is beyond the event, will help you get on more great shows that make sense for you and your business, even outside of the event. So podcast.co, podmax.co, oh, excuse me, podmax.co, if you want to uh, get on more shows. Yeah, just a fair warning, though, for anybody who goes there, you're not just joining a event, you're joining a community. So be prepared for that family yeah, yeah, environment, yeah. because it really is. Yeah, come for the show, stay for the people, right? Yes, exactly. So um, you talked about reusing content, you talked mm -hmm. about that consistent content and how you encounter people. We, we touched on this a little bit, but I, I also want to dig into it a little bit more. The idea that so many times I know I've fallen into this trap and I've had to work my way out of it. We sit down and we say, but I already know this. Why would it be valuable to my audience? Mm -hmm. And we, we forget that like, we're not marketing to us. We're marketing to who we were. Right. Were, right. And so this is where having a log of this content becomes so great yes. because you can go back and find out what do you need to hit on again? Yeah. And I think, you know, something that I've been saying a lot is that marketing calendars need to die. That needs to be a thing of the past because it doesn't matter that it's July 16th or whatever date. And that's what is in your marketing calendar to publish this type of content. What matters is Susie just realized that she wants to hire, you know, uh, a new, you know, interior decorator for her house. And she's at step zero. Like, so you need to give your customer journey starting at step zero from when they interact with your brand. And that's another thing. Like when you plan out your content episodes, start from the beginning of that customer journey and use that. And that's another thing, you know, to have season one as the 101 customer journey. You've discovered your problem. That's episode one. What should I do about it? Episode two. Here are your options and how to think about the problem. Episode three. Here are stories from other people's, you know, like that's your first season. And now anyone who enters your world put them on the customer journey of episode one, two, three, four. And now in a year, five years, 10 years, like you're not re I mean, you're still going to be reiterating, regurgitating from your new context and your new level of expertise, but that's too far advanced for the people who are just figuring this out for the first time. And so you can create those content assets of customer journey day zero to day 90 to month 18 that you can now sequentially send out to people through email automation and retargeting stuff like that, because it's not, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is and matches your marketing calendar. It matters what day of the customer journey it is for Susie who just discovered she has this problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we have control of our show notes as well, mm -hmm. and you're able to now take that and turn it in, you know, if you don't have a website for your podcast, where each individual episode has its own page, if you're just using your podcast 
platform yeah. as that um, show notes, you're yeah. you're losing a huge opportunity because when you have control over that, you now can go in and put in hyperlinks to other episodes that are relevant to what you're talking about. Yeah. So even if you didn't do the season format or if you're jumping around a little bit for whatever purpose, like you now get to say, hey, how about you go here? Right. Yeah. Um, you have and, those and links point to point out. people too. Yeah. And if you don't have a website for your show or a website at all, tresnickmedia.com, that's my digital marketing agency. We can help you get that stuff set up. So I love it. I love it. And then also like, let's, let's look at just that initial contact for just a minute. Like, mm -hmm. you know, nobody loves it. Actually, that's not true. I'm sure there are some <laughs> people out there who love it. I am not one of them. That, that initial message that, that cold outreach that we, yeah. that we sometimes have to do, but how much better would it make it if instead of saying, Hey, join my Facebook group, mm -hmm. um, I don't know who you are and I don't know if you're going to be valuable to my Facebook group, but I need <laughs> numbers. So get in it, please. Um, instead of doing that what if you could say hey i noticed this on your profile yeah and i thought that this would be helpful here is a link to my youtube video here is a link to my podcast here is mm -hmm. a link to wherever yep. that i think you would get value from how does that make you stand out in a way they've never seen before yeah and it's it's everything is about micro commitments and baby steps, right? Like I talk about breadcrumbs and stepping stones to get someone into your world and you're right when you're doing cold outreach you, you need to align the message not just with the pain pain point that they're thinking about, but with your relationship temperature, right? Like, is it a complete stranger? Don't ask them to go join something that takes a big commitment. Don't Please. ask them to sign up for something and definitely don't ask them to give you money in your first message. <laughs> but what is the first breadcrumb? What's the first stepping stone on this path to becoming a customer? And that's, here's some really high value, quick, skimmable content that's gonna help you with something that I noticed is relevant to you. Remember I said at the beginning of the episode, timely, relevant, and practical stuff is what is most valuable to people. And so if you are doing that outbound stuff, having a piece of high value skimmable content that you can share with someone based on what you've seen them talk about is the best way to start off those conversations for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talked about the way that you break down content and on my show, More Than Corporate, we do it so similarly. I have a, a YouTube channel called Success Soundbites and they're two minutes or less for every mm -hmm. single one. If that two minutes is valuable to you, here's the whole episode. Go yeah. listen to this. And I do that for my solo episodes and my interview episodes because that's micro content. You can yeah, send you have out a great flywheel. Go, go check out morethancorporate.com and Amber's Instagram and LinkedIn profiles to see and Facebook, I think, but you post a other stuff too on Facebook, but you know, to see how you can do this for your business when you're trying to grow is creating these valuable episodes that turn into all these different pieces of content that help you build an audience, engage your audience, you know, position you as the authority, the thought leader, the go-to resource. And then at the time when, when all those things align and the timing aligns, that's when someone's going to contact you and make a move. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, just to kind of recap where we're at, because um, I know that we're coming to the end of our time here, if we're not already over it, <laughs> um, we, the, the, the cliff notes version of this entire conversation is create a podcast, make it valuable, be logical with it, be intentional with it, build rela relationships and sell stuff. Yep. There you go. Boom. Bing, bang, boom. Great. This episode was fire off the chains on fleek. <laughs> 
as our pod max <laughs> brothers would say uh thank you guys so much for tuning in if you got value from this it would be great to hear from you make sure you're subscribed to the show on airbrands.com slash show and on all your favorite podcasting platforms and if you know someone who's thinking about having a show or has a show and they're not sure how to market it please share this episode with them and let them know to reach out to us for more help if they're interested and we will catch you guys on the next episode Bye. <laughs> Tune in to the On Air Brands Podcast.